Now, calling all healthcare professionals listening. Today, I want to share with you a learning tool that I think a lot of you are going to find really helpful. If you want to improve your anatomy knowledge, listen up. KenHub is an online anatomy learning platform which helps healthcare professionals to learn the human anatomy fast, effectively, and pain-free. Using an innovative combination of atlas, articles, video tutorials, quizzes, and flashcards, they've already helped more than 1 million people across the globe to learn anatomy. And you're next. Obviously, my focus is the pelvis. They are my favorite images to use for patients or educating myself. They have clear, concise, beautifully illustrated images and videos of pelvic floor muscles, connected tissue support, and the nerves that are associated. And listeners of the Pelvic Health Podcast can get an exclusive 20% discount on all the premium learning plans at KenHub or a 20% discount on any KenHub illustration license if you mention Lori Forner when reaching out to them. Simply head over to khub.me slash Lori Forner to redeem yours. Happy learning. Welcome to the Pelvic Health Podcast. I'm your host, Lori Forner, a physiotherapist working in pelvic health, as well as a new student researcher on the fun long road to a PhD, where we will be looking at pelvic floor problems and exercise. I'm here to bring you information from leading professionals on all aspects surrounding pelvic health for any gender and any age, from the vast range of pelvic floor problems to exercise and sport. Remember our disclaimer, materials and content in this podcast are intended as general information only and should not be substituted for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Welcome back, everybody, to the podcast. Today, I am talking to Fiona Rogers, who is a friend of mine, but she's also a physiotherapist working in pelvic floor rehabilitation. If you go back and listen to the very first episode, we are talking about vaginal weights and cones, and here you can get a little bit more information on her background as well as her bio. I have asked her to come back today to talk about dilators. So she owns and runs a business called Pelvic Floor Exercise, which is a specialist business, Um, Now, I must add that it is also um, run with her husband, Craig Rogers. So the two of them together have uh, created this beautiful business. They've had it for quite a few years, and it's where I order all of my equipment. And when patients are looking for equipment, I will send them to order from here as well. Um, So I thought, what better person to ask because I use dilators in my clinic for women who have different types of conditions that Fiona and I will discuss, but new ones keep coming out. I'm not sure which ones I should be ordering and myself along with many other people will often contact Fiona and go, okay, this person has this issue, which one should they use? So we are talking about different types of dilators. Now, I was also going to mention that Fiona has just started to um, present this course that she's developed, which is called Electrical Stimulation for Pelvic Health, a course for physios working in pelvic health, which she's doing face-to-face in Brisbane coming up soon. However, I think they're almost sold out. So she's looking at running it in different cities. She's also looking at running it in different countries. So look at the links in the show notes. Um, You'll be able to check that out. If you are enjoying the podcast, I would love it if you could leave a review. If you are using Apple iTunes, you can also 
actually play the podcast now live from my website, which is just laurieforner.com. You can stream it through Spotify. You can get it through Podbean. Uh, Podbean.com allows you to become a patron and you can pledge a certain amount of money all at once, or you can do a monthly donation. That allows you access to separate patron-only episodes that I am trying to put out at least once a month. I do not have enough time to have separate social media accounts for the podcast as well as business as well as personal and I'm assuming everybody can understand there are way too many social media avenues that I cannot keep up with so I kind of sporadically will jump in here and there so if you want to follow me on um, Instagram the tag is at pelvic wad uh, p-e-l-v-i-c-w-o-d um, I don't. I do have a Facebook account, but I don't really do much with it. I have a LinkedIn account, which I think is just under my name. Now I'm on ResearchGate, which is just under my name, um, and Twitter is just at Laurie Forner. So pretty much, I will switch between Twitter and Instagram, and uh, information regarding the podcasts will come into that as well. Because yeah, I just cannot keep up with everything. So I hope everybody understands that, and that it's also keeping you off social media too. Okay, well, hopefully everybody enjoys the episode today. So you have a company called Pelvic Floor Exercise, so where you sell products and you sell vaginal dilators, but you're also a women's health physio using these products. So your knowledge yeah. of the variety that's out there and why you would choose them, I think um, will be extremely helpful for everybody listening, but also myself too, because again, I there's, there's one type that I uh, have always used. I'm not sure kind of how I started using that one. Maybe it was the most common one, the Femex plastic pink dilators. I have a lot of patients come who have, you know, stumbled across vaginismus.com. So before seeing anybody or whether a GP told them they will come with those, but then I start to see these silicon ones out there and all these other uh, really interesting, fun ones. So if we, um, if you can kind of give us a little bit of a summary as to why women are going to be looking at using dilators. Let's start with that. Okay. Well, I mean, most of the um, conditions that we're looking at are things like vaginismus and vulvodynia, vestibulitis, et cetera. Um, Women um, with dyspurenia, which, you know, is is painful penetration. Um, And the other big um, aspect are women post-radiation therapy. They don't necessarily have an issue at that point, but over time you'll get fibrosis of the the tissues. So I guess you're either trying to maintain the shape and patency of the vagina or you're trying to use a dilator to um, increase the ability of the vagina to um, allow penetration of, um, you know, anything from a for a medical examination, um, for penetrative intercourse, for use of um, sex toys, etc. So um, you've got the the ladies who have pain issues, and we've got the ladies who are post surgical who are trying to maintain their vaginal patency you know and even you know sometimes post hysterectomy or any other um, pelvic surgery um, you know a lot of women do find that they um, you know getting back to to sexual activity they they need that little bit of extra help so you know those are the, the conditions that we're looking at and I guess when we're looking at dividing the you know which which dilators are we looking at we've got medical grade ones and we've got non-medical ones 
So, um, and from there we can um, bring it down to what I tend to look at is the material that they're made of, the shape that they are, um, and the, the size range that you're getting within a set. Um, and then also to, to add to that, you can get ones that vibrate and ones that don't vibrate. And then we have to look at, you know, why would you choose that? Should we start with material? Um, we've got the basic differences. We've got plastic ones and within plastic, we've got medical grade plastic and non-medical grade plastic. So sorry, uh, what's, I'd never heard of non-medical grade. What's that? Well, just uh, it, it's the, I'd have to go up and look the formula of the, the actual plastic. But ones, for example, like um, vagin, uh, the vaginismus and the Femax are actually made of what they call medical grade um, plastic. If you look at something like the Berman, which will be the cheapest ones that you, we, we um, market, they're actually not sold as a medical device. So you can go on to sex sites and you will find different types of dilators there, uh, whereas we send, tend to also stock the, the more medical grade ones that have been um, created specifically for medical conditions and are made of plastics that are designed for use within the vaginal um, cavity. So there are a lot of insertables, shall we say, um, that are on the market that are made of much cheaper um, plastics and, and um, materials. I guess when we're talking medical grade, we're talking ones that have been approved for use with mucosal tissue. So you've got, we've got plastic, we've got silicon ones, and then uh, you can also get glass ones, um, which are actually quite hard to, to source and they're very expensive to, to, and they only come in single sizes. Then we look at the shape. So we're, the main is either a rounded end, a squared end, or a tapered end. We're looking there at different conditions and what we're trying to, um, what our aim for the treatment is. And then we're looking at size as well. So what size range comes within the set? Where do we need to start? So, for example, someone with vaginismus, we're going to need ones that are quite small to start with and then grade through. Whereas if you've got a lady who, uh, for example, might be postnatal or post-surgery who, you know, can withstand, you know, penetrative intercourse or um, a, a medical examination, etc., but it's uncomfortable, you might not need to start with those really small ones, but you can get sets that start slightly bigger and they might be just trying to get back to where they were or trying to maintain um, the, the um, shape and size of their, their vagina at that point. Can we go back to the different types of ends? You said there was round, yep. Yep. kind of square and tapered. What mm -hmm. would you use? Like I understand if someone maybe is really sensitive, the tapered end might be a bit more gradual. Well, the ones made, you know, with the tapered end, you know, like vaginismus, um, a lot of the silicon uh, ones have that tapered end. Uh, so, yes, you're looking at that more with vaginismus, so it's a little bit more comfortable for that initial part of the, the penetration. The, the tapered, uh, sorry, the rounded ends and the square ends are very specifically created for post-radiation therapy. So they're, they're maintaining the vaginal vault and the shape of the vagina. The Femax, in fact, were created by a, an oncology nurse in the NHS specifically for post-radiation therapy. But they've become, um, I, I actually also like those very much myself, they become um, useful in many other applications. The other way we can look at this too is do they have a handle or not? So we're looking at the material, we're looking at the shape, we're looking at the size and the ones with the handles and the ones without the handles. With the ones with the handles, a lady can feel she's got 
fair bit more control of the um, the depth of penetration and you know being more in control of, of inserting and, and withdrawing it. Um, those without the handle can be a little bit trickier to get get them in because you've got to you know use a finger inside them or you're holding a flange to to put them in. The ones, but they're also very good for for those ladies who need to leave them in situ for a while. So, for example, post-radiation therapy. Um, a or, lot of ladies actually have to sit on them. I've had, um, I think, two patients now who, who were born without a vagina. And so we yes. had to create a neo-vagina. So there's ones where yeah. they could sit on them for prolonged periods of time. Um, yeah, were really helpful. Yeah, that's correct. And um, it, post-radiation, that, that can often yeah. be an issue as well. And I think, you know, quite often ladies are just handed a set of, of dilators and said, go and use them. And then, you know, we, we get um, phone calls and emails from ladies, how am I supposed to use them? With the handle, also those can be used for ladies who are needing to do some sort of massage on their um, pelvic floor muscles if they're getting a lot of spasm and tightness and soreness. So you can actually use that handle to angle the, um, the dilator to those, those more tender spots. So I guess they can be used as a dilator but also as a, as a massager. And um, when it comes to the Femax, as I said before, they were created for... Um, post-radiation therapy so but they, they they do both jobs really because they the two smaller ones screw into each other and the two larger ones screw into each other so one size becomes the handle for the other so you can use it to do that angled um, you know gentle massage or you can un or just use it as a dilator and have control or you can unscrew them and actually use if you pop your finger into it and hold the flange you can actually insert it and use it um, to sit on if you're needing to get that extra length in the um, in the vagina. But obviously, you, you need to have got to the point where your um, the, the vaginal length is such that you know the length of the dilator is is allowing you to sit sit on it as well. But so they've all got their pluses and minuses. Even the other ones without the handles, uh, oh sorry, with the handles. For example, there's the Amiel. They can be used with or without the handle as well. I think my personal preference with my patients has always come in with that Femex because it just looks a little less intimidating because you know it's the dilator is the handle, not a screw-in handle. The Amiels have got a set that have the the tapered end, so they can be very good for vaginismus. But they've also got the squared end ones, which are aimed at the the post-radiation therapy as well. Are the Amy all the ones with the little hook, like the little circle on the bottom to hold with no. your finger? No, no. Um, the Amy's have a, a screw-in handle. So the ones you're thinking of, the pink, they're the silicon ones. The silicon ones. ones, yeah. Yeah. So now, there's several brands of those, um, but they're the silicon ones that are quite tapered and they've also, um, they've got that, so they're slightly tapered and they're, they're slightly curved as well. And really so, long. Uh, the larger ones are really long. Yes, yes. I've had patients yes. go, oh, my God. I'm like, no, 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 you, I don't think you need to put the whole thing in. <laughs> no, and then I've had patients who, um, you know, have a very large partner who, uh, you know, their aim is to be able to to insert the full length. But absolutely, you know, it, it's um, whatever is very individualised for, um, yeah. for that patient. So the idea of those rings at the end of the silicon ones is that, you know, that makes it easier to hook your finger in um, to insert or, or withdraw them. 
Now, do any of you struggle to learn and remember anatomy structures, their attachments, innervations, and functions? You are not alone. KenHub is an online anatomy learning platform which makes anatomy learning struggles a thing of the past. With their innovative combination of anatomy atlas, articles, video tutorials, quizzes and flashcards, they've already helped more than 1 million people across the globe to learn anatomy and you're next. If I'm trying to remember any pelvic floor anatomy or show my patients where things are and how they work together, Ken Hub's images are usually my first choice. They're simple, modern, and beautifully illustrated. Listeners of the Pelvic Health Podcast can get an exclusive 20% discount on all of the premium learning plans at Ken Hub or a 20% discount on any Ken Hub illustration license if you mention Lori Forner when reaching out to them. Simply head over to khub.me slash Lori Forner to redeem yours. Happy learning. So you said that there are some that have a vibrating function. Why do we need this? Okay, well, you know, when we're, we're looking at returning to penetrative intercourse, for example, you would normally expect to be aroused to allow yourself to, to have penetrative intercourse. So we can use the, the vibration function if, we, if you're just using it um, to, to do the dilation. Uh, we're replicating the situation, so to speak. Much easier to insert a dilator when you're in an aroused state because you get the blood flow, the lubrication, etc. rather than just doing it, you know, when you're not aroused. And, in a clinical and, situation. Um, very clinical situation, absolutely. They can then be used during sexual activity. So you, know, you might use the vibrator first, you might then use the, the um, dilator and then swap over to your partner. Once Sorry. we get into that. When you say use it to, uh, to become aroused with or without your partner, do you mean use it externally on the clitoris or are you using it internally with the vibration Whatever on? Whatever works. Okay. Whatever works. Yeah. Whatever so works for you. Absolutely. So whatever works for you um, for arousal, it can be used on the clitoris, it can then be used internally, you know, and if we're, we're using it within sexual activity, a lot of women, you know, we're talking more at, uh, towards that end of the, you know, the process of um, trying to get back to penetrative intercourse or use of penetration of a, a sex toy with a partner. But a lot of women will have to start, you know, further back with the smaller dilator and, and gradually building up to that. So it really depends where the lady is within their treatment, their journey, I guess you could call it, uh, what condition we're looking at treating, um, you know, what is our goal of that treatment? Is it just to be able to insert a finger? Is it just to be able to um, have a medical examination? Is it to get back to penetrative intercourse with a, with a partner? Or is it just to be able to, to, to use a, um, a vibrator or a sex toy of some sort um, by themselves or with a partner? So there's a whole range. So we need to look at why is this lady needing the, the dilators and what are the ultimate treatment goals for them? Would you ever use, um, like, a, like you were saying, you also carry um, dildos or other sex toys that don't come in graduated sizes, would you ever just go straight to one of those instead of using a dilator set for any specific issue? Absolutely you can, but again, that comes back to what is the lady's condition mm. and you know, what are your treatment goals for that lady? Some women will need that gradual dilation of sets from, you know, a small one through to a very large one. Some will only need, we've got sets that have just three small ones in them. So if they're just aiming towards, you know, a comfortable penetration or um, so they perhaps can get back to having a, um, a medical examination, some women just need to start with those, those larger ones. So we have sets that have got 
just the two larger sizes um, in them as well. So it really comes back to, if you're a physio listening, clinical reasoning for why we're, why we're choosing a dilator or recommending a dilator for, um, for one of our patients. Sorry, do you have a lot of women who order them from you without seeing a physio? I would imagine we do, um, but, you know, I mean, we get orders through without, we, we don't ask why have you ordered this product. I can't actually answer that question, Laurie. We do sell a lot to um, physios and hospitals as well, so obviously they'll be seeing their patients first. But um, just by feedback, a lot of people order because they've seen their physio who said, yeah. we need to get some dilators happening. Um, this is the set that I would recommend or this is the, the place to go to get them. And then they come on the website and order the, the particular um, dilator. But you don't have people emailing you saying, um, you know, I'm not sure what to order. I haven't seen anybody, but, I, you know, I yep. have this issue. Oh, yep, absolutely we get that. And again, I use my clinical judgment on that. If I can ask some questions, I, I never recommend a product um, when I have no idea. I mean, I can't examine these patients, obviously. So mm -hmm. if they give me a little bit of an idea, I can point them in the right direction. But obviously, if I feel they need to see somebody, then I encourage them to do so. And I'll usually find, um, got a fairly big network of of um, physios around the place so I can usually find them someone nearby where they they live I mean obviously that's the preference and generally you wouldn't necessarily be ordering a, a vaginal dilator set unless you had been diagnosed with a particular condition um, mm. and, and seen a health professional of some sort I mean we get a lot of um, gynecologists and so forth um, sending patients to us as well so you know it's a broad range yeah. And so what about when it comes to different kinds of lubrication? Because now we know that there's not just water-based lubrication and some lubrications work okay with certain materials and then you can't use mm -hmm. silicon with silicon. So how does it work? <laughs> what lube do you use? With what? Well, the basic rule is that don't use a silicon lube with a silicon product is, is the, um, that basic rule. Generally, um, a water-based lubricant will, will be all that you need with a, with a dilator. And obviously, there's a lot on the market <laughs> as far as lubricants go. And yeah, we would generally recommend a water-based lubricant. You can certainly use um, the oil-based ones with the, um, with the plastic dilators for sure. So... And, you know, and then that all comes down to what condition are we, are we treating? Um, you know, is there pain involved, et cetera? What are the, are the tissues tolerant to a particular type of lubricant, et cetera? So I guess the, the more natural um, you use, the better. And, again, that's why we stock the, the more natural lubricants on the website. What are you doing it for? Are you doing it for dilation, trying to increase and in, um, go through the dilator sizes? So are you going to be inserting it and withdrawing it? Or are you going to, you know, hold that dilator in for a period of time? You know, you might need a bit of an oil base there rather than just a water-based if it's going to sit in there because you don't want those vaginal walls to dry a little bit whilst you've got a, a dilator sitting in there. What is it with the silicon and not being able to use it on silicon products? Why? My understanding is it's to do with the molecules that they're made up of and the silicon lubricant can degrade the silicon, the hard silicon of the actual product. Yeah. So you can get like little micro um, degradation. That's my understanding from reading. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think it's something that you can visibly see. So, yeah, I just think if you anything that you're going to be inserting into a, a bodily cavity, that we need to, to, to look at quality. Any specific care instructions as to how they should be cleaned? 
Well, they're obviously single person use. So um, generally soap and water to clean your, your product, you do it straight away after, after using it. Air drying is, a, is a, another recommendation and then storing in a, um, you know, whatever you're going to store them in, in a dry atmosphere so that they, um, you don't get mould on them or, mm. or, you know, you're not putting a, a, a product away that, that's not been cleaned. Generally soap and water is what's recommended. Is there any medical grade ones that physios can reuse in their clinic? I've never done that and I've never heard of it, no. but I just wasn't sure. No, no, okay. no. So uh, I believe the glass, glass ones can be, I believe, can be autoclaved. They are something we've looked at at various stages. Um, it's just generally the cost of them is, is quite high. And there are other silicon ones on the, there's several from the States that, you know, also excellent products, but very expensive um, and they you can buy you know single sizes but again you'd be wanting to know which size you're starting with etc so you know there are other ones out there a lot of it does come down to affordability but I think what we need to look at at the main instance is the, the quality of the product what your goal of treatment is so you decide the shape and size etc you know not everybody can afford $200 for a set of dilators on top, so on top of their appointment costs and parking yeah. or anything like that so yeah absolutely yeah yeah so that's why we have a range you know of products and we have a range of um price points for them as well what does your price point range from with kind of the lowest cost product which is not necessarily the cheapest as in like quality wise um to the highest price point 40 plus dollars up to about 90 Australian dollars with, with what we have. And, you know, the, the cheaper end of the scale are the Burmans, which are not medical grade, but, you know, they've got the vibrating function with the four sizes. So for some women, that, that's all they need. Well, I think we've sort of just, you know, covered the basics there, you know, what lubricant to use with them, um, look at the shape for uh, that they are look at the material they're made of and what sizes you're going to need in you know your treatment program or your patient's treatment program and then um, you know make the decision from there and you've written a blog post about this in the past haven't you I have yes it's on the website you know how do I choose or which vibe um, which dilators do I use uh, choose yeah that's on the website under under blogs yeah, I'll link that in the show notes so that people can access that straight away. Um, and your your products you ship internationally. It's not just in Australia. Yep, yep, yep. We ship all over the world. Yep. Beautiful. Well, hopefully we will have you back on in order to um, discuss some of the other products that we use within our clinical practice, just so that people have um, a little bit more specific ideas about why they would choose certain things. So thank you so much for um, giving me your time. And uh, uh, yes, we will talk again soon. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Laurie. And if anyone's got any questions, just info at pelvicfloorexercise.com.au and I'm always happy to answer questions. 